Welcome to Halakha Hour on JRootRadio.com. We are here live on Wednesday afternoon, Rosh Chodesh Elul, Tafshin Ayin Dalit, the last month of Tafshin Ayin Dalit, anticipating the coming Rosh Hashanah and the all the holidays that come in the month of Tishrei, Chodesh Ha'etanim. And here in the Halakha Hour, we, Hashem, we hope to go through all the Halakhot preparing us for the holidays. But beforehand, we have to finish the halachot are, are here on, on, uh, on our hands. And that is a few last halachot in the halachot in the Benish Hai in Parashat Vayetze regarding the laws of Havdalah and Motza'e Shabbat. Before we continue in the class, let's first get through the basics. And that is the numbers to the station. The numbers are 718-683-5858 if you'd like to call in and you have any question regarding the halachot of Motza'e Shabbat, which includes all the laws of Havdalah that we didn't discuss or we didn't clarify, please call in. Also, if you'd like to text in your question, it's at 347-927-8398. Again, 718-683-5858 for calling in, and 347-927-8398 uh, to text in your question or comment. Of course, you could always call after the class, after 3 o'clock, for questions off the air and if you'd like to listen to the to the to the class on the phone then you can listen at 718-506-9099 and of course on jrootradio.com where you can watch this video even live and on the jroot radio pro app next we have to announce is that maybe you've heard it before that Hashem jroot radio the station that we love that listens to you, uh, that's I think the motto. In any case, it's coming now in writing. A week be already, maybe you've seen some of the shoes already, they have the JRU Radio news, uh, newsletter, the weekly newsletter, which is has over there some different articles from different rabbis in the station. Now they're coming out with the JRU Radio magazine. And this is something that you want to get, you don't want to miss it. It's basically the rabbis that we all love from JRU Radio in writing, and that's going to be by Zeta Shem a week before Hashanah. It should be already the publication should be out. And you have to, if you want to advertise, there's also slots in there to advertise. Make sure you call in quickly or you text into the station very quickly if you'd like to advertise. This magazine will be going to all the J Radio listeners, whether they're signed up or not. Everybody will be getting this. So, if you'd like to get this opportunity to advertise, make sure you get in touch with the J Radio. Or if you'd like to sponsor also some parts in the magazine which helps out the station and it helps promote Torah learning, Ashrechem, Matob HaKechem, also contact the radio. One last thing, and that is, before we get to the class, the sponsor for today's class is L'Refu'ah Shalema of Ezra Levi Ben Le'ah. Hashem should give him L'Refu'ah Shalema betok she'ar hulei amo Yisrael. And Hashem should help out and protect all the Jewish people throughout all of all of uh, the world, but especially in Eretz Yisrael. Let's get on to the halacha. Ben Yishai, Parashat Vayetzeh, halacha hour. We're learning about the laws of Motzei Shabbat. We're up to halacha Chav Gimel. Halacha Chav Gimel, we learn about a person who forgets, or not only forgets, but he does not say Havdalah on Motzei Shabbat for whatever reason it may be. Let's start the halacha. Ne'enas velo hebdil bele Motzei Shabbat. If a person... Something happened to the person, he didn't make Havdalah on Motzei Shabbat. And the Sfarim bring down, even if it wasn't by accident, even if it was on purpose. The person was not in the mood to say Havdalah on Motzei Shabbat. And then afterwards, he regretted it, and now he wants to say Havdalah. 
What is the law now? The halakha is, yesh lo zman lehabdiyah at sof yom shlishi. Technically, the halakha is that you could make habdalah all the way up till Tuesday evening. Tuesday evening, by the way, means sunset. Once sunset comes, then already it's too late. You can't make habdalah anymore. The only thing is, when you're making habdalah after Motsa'i Shabbat, when it's not Saturday night anymore, then you only, you, you're going to skip out on half the habdalah. Usually Havdalah has four birachot. When it's said after Saturday night, you're only going to say two birachot. And what are they? Birachat bore priya gefen alayayin and birachat hamabdil. And birachat of hamabdil mekodesh Only these two blessings. Mihu. Birachat hamabdil yomar belisha yomachut. Mishum de ika pelukta bezeh. But really there's a mahloket rishonim. If a person is allowed to say birachat hamabdil past Saturday night or not. And because of the mahloket, therefore... Says the Ben Ishai, Safek Brachot Lakel, don't say Brachat Hamavdil. Lachen, Kivan Shabral, Motse Shabbat, Velo Hibdiakot, Sumar Bekat Hamadi, Belisha Machut, Veraki Hashem Machubilabo. Say the Brachat without the name of Hashem, and this way you don't have that issue. That is the first part of the halacha. Let's clarify. You might say, What in the world? A person is going to forget Havdalah. Yeah, let me tell you a story that happened to a person, a Tamil Hakam that I know, actually. He was in Shul. He was not the rabbi of the shul. He was in shul in a different city. It's actually the summer. He went away for Shabbat. And he was in shul. And usually every Motzei Shabbat, he goes to the shul. He makes Havdalah in the shul. And then he comes home. Already his wife has made Havdalah. And this time he wanted to come back to Brooklyn right away. So he told his wife before he went to shul on Shabbat afternoon. Listen, we're going to finish shul at this time. I'm going to be done with Havdalah. And you need to make Havdalah. This way, we go back home right away, okay? Get the kids ready, get them packed. I come home, we pack the car, we put the kids in the car, and we go home right away. So what happened? He's in shul, Motzei Shabbat, they're about to start Havdalah. He feels the need to use the restroom. He goes to the restroom. And of course, being that he's in the restroom, he missed out on Havdalah. When he comes out of the restroom, he gets, okay, already, nobody's in shul, everybody left. He gets into his car, he goes back home. His wife is raiding with the kids, and you know how hard it is to get the kids ready. They're all ready. They get into the car. They pack the car. And they drive to Brooklyn. Long drive to Brooklyn. Finally, he gets home. He's exhausted. He's tired. He just eats a little bit. And he goes to sleep. Now, this is a case, a real lifetime case, of somebody who could forget Habdallah. It's possible. 100% it's possible. The question is, what do you do in that case? What does this person do to do? Of course, if he remembers. If he doesn't remember, there's nobody who's going to remind him. Now, the thing is that he did remember. He remembered Sunday morning. Oh, my gosh. I never made Habdallah last night. I ate and everything. I made, never made Havdalah. So you're going to tell me, we just learned in the halakha that if a person doesn't say Havdalah, he has up to Tuesday. So let me tell you how it works. The only time you have up to Tuesday to say Havdalah, that's only if you didn't eat. We mentioned beforehand that if a person eats, he can still make Havdalah. This law of eating and still to make Havdalah that only applies on Motza'i Shabbat. If a person by accident or even intentionally ate on Motza'i Shabbat before making Havdalah on a cup of wine, then you can still make Havdalah Motza'i Shabbat and the regular Havdalah with all the four blessings, with all the four Belachot. However, if he forgot Havdalah on Motza'i Shabbat and he ate and now he's making it past Motza'i Shabbat, then not only do you skip on the Belachot of the fire and the Besamim, which because then there's no reason to say them past Saturday night. The reason why I say Besamim is because the Shema is leading us and that doesn't work on, uh, that's not going to happen, that's not true on Sunday already, or even more so Monday or Tuesday. And you're not going to say Borei Meorah Es because 
you're not commemorating the, the only time we commemorate and we make the blessings only on Motzei Shabbat, not on Sunday, Monday, or Tuesday. So now, when the person ate, so according to some opinion, since you ate already, you lost your Havdalah. You can't say Havdalah anymore. But then again, there's other opinions that say you do say Havdalah. So therefore, as a compromise, we tell you, say only Hagevin and Hamavdi, but don't say Hamavdi with Shem Hashem. So it'll go something like this, Baruch Hamabdil ben When you say Baruch, just have in mind, in your mind, without expressing it verbally, the name of Hashem. And this way you complete Hamabdil ben Kodesh Lahol. Baruch Hamabdil You say it exactly the way I said it, without expressing the name of Hashem, which is Yudke or Elokeinu. Okay? That is Halakha if somebody ate. If somebody did not eat, if somebody did not eat and he forgot to say Havdalah, I'm talking about he didn't eat anything. And now he remembers on Sunday, Monday, or Tuesday, then he could say the Havdalah, but he could only say it on Sunday only up to uh, Sunday with the name of Hashem. But past Sunday, since it's also Mahalokit, even without eating, so therefore you shouldn't say it with Hashem of Hashem. That's something you might ask, and the Old Latin points it out. What is that? Let's say a person is going to say Havdalah. He ate already. Now he remembers Sunday or Monday, whatever it was, that he didn't make Havdalah. And now he wants to come and make Havdalah on, let's say, Sunday night or Monday. Let's make it Monday morning. Now, by the way, it doesn't have to be at night. It can still be even Monday morning, Sunday morning, as long as it's after, obviously, Saturday night. So now the person is going to say Havdalah. What are you telling me to do? You make a gifin, and then you say the Bracha of Hamabdim without the name of Hashem. But the problem is, you're making a sick between the blessing of Hagefin and drinking. Because according to the opinions that you say, Baruch HaMabdil doesn't have to be said, or he's not allowed to be said. So it's a hefseg between the drinking and the Rechav HaGefin. To that, the old Litzion answers, you're right. So therefore, what you should do, you should do it backwards. You should first say, Baruch HaMabdil without a, the name of Hashem, and then say the Rechav HaGefin and drink the wine right away. This way, there's no interruption between your blessing on the wine and your drinking of the wine. And Hamabdil, you said already, without the name of Hashem. That's very important to keep in mind. When you are making Havdalah past Saturday night, where you ate already, you're not going to make the bracha of Hamabdil with the name of Hashem. And you're going to say Hamabdil first, and then Hagevin. So Ben Yishai brings over here another small point, Halakha. And he says, Havdalah de Yom Tov en la tashlumin de Chosh Abraha layla shemotzei Yom Tov en lo odzman lehabdil. Let's say a person forgets to make Havdalah on Motzei Yom Tov. This is probably more applicable. More people forget Havdalah on Motzei Yom Tov than Havdalah on Motzei Shabbat. So what do you do? Could you make it up? He, the Benishai, says, no, you can't make it up. There's no makeup. The only time you can make up the Havdalah is when? Is only when you miss it on Motzei Shabbat. This, the Benishai gets it from the suffix of Rav Akiva Eger. And... Not only the Ben Ishai says this, but the Kafahim or Litzion and Sidehim, it all right that well, if you missed Havdalah for Yom, for Yom Tov, you can't make it up. However, Hakam Vadiyah himself, Hakam Vadiyah himself brings a list of Rishonim that permit making Havdalah on Sunday, the whole duration of Sunday, even Sunday night. Uh, sorry, sorry, I don't want to say Sunday. The day after the holiday, even the next evening after the holiday. I mean to say, let's say the holiday finishes on Tuesday night. And you're supposed to make Havdalah Tuesday night. You didn't make Havdalah Tuesday night. Then Hakam uh, rules that you could you have time to make Havdalah the whole day Wednesday and even Wednesday night. But past Wednesday night, you can't make it up anymore. And this is also the opinion of Avakiva Eger and the Mishnah Berurah that permit making Havdalah even past, for, excuse me, making up Havdalah for Yom Tov 
even past the the first night, the whole day of Isruhag, they permit making a makeup havdalah for Yom Tov. That's halakha of Gimel. We move on now. Halakha of Dalit. Halakha of Dalit, also an important halakha. And this, ladies, if you're listening now or listening to recording, whenever you're listening, and men, if you're listening, you have to tell your wives. This is very important halakha in general, but more so for the ladies, we see why it's more practical. Asur la'asur melakha kodim she'abdil. One is forbidden to do any melakha before making havdalah. You know what melakha means over here? Anything that you cannot do on Shabbat, you cannot do Motsa'i Shabbat until havdalah is over. Until you make havdalah. We mentioned in the past, in order for Shabbat to finish, you need to have two conditions. Number one is the time itself, which means whatever time you wait after sunset, whether it's 40 minutes or 72 minutes like Rabbein Utam. And the second condition, in order for a person to have completed Shabbat, to be permitted in doing what he wants to do, mean to say anything that's forbidden on Shabbat, you need to say Havdalah. Havdalah means, like, uh, doesn't have to be necessarily what we know with a cup of wine and everything. Even a lighter Havdalah is permitted. And the poskim bring down, we'll read, now we'll tell you what the Benish highest opinion outside. The poskim bring down that you could even make Havdalah with the Amidah. In, when you pray Amidah Motzei Shabbat, you say Atahonantanu. In Atahonantanu, you say, uh, you say basically the idea that Hashem separates between Hol and Kodesh. You separate Hashem between Hol and Kodesh. So that's called Havdalah B'Tefillah. And since you made Abdullah B'Tefillah, then <clears throat> according to most opinions, you're allowed to do Melacha. Abdullah and Tefillah permits you to do Melacha once the time has come. It doesn't permit you to eat. In order for a person to be permitted to eat, he has to actually make a full pledge Havdalah with wine and besami and everything else. Okay? So let's repeat it again. If it's Motza'e Shabbat and a person wants to do Melacha, he has not prayed Arbit yet. So what do you do now? If you prayed Arbit and you said Havdalah, so technically it's fine. But if you didn't pray Arbit, then over there, Halakha brings down, Maran brings down, Shohan Aruch says, and that's really even the Ashkenazim will hold that way. You could say Baruch Hamabdil ben Kodesh Lehol. Without the name of Hashem, just saying those words. Baruch Hamabdil ben Kodesh Lehol, like the Levush writes, and that will be good enough to allow you to do any melacha that you like. That's the ruling of Maran. That's the ruling of most of the poskim. Ben Ishai is a little bit more mahmir. Ben Ishai says, even though technically, if you said, Amida, you could technically do Abdullah. Ben Ishai is mahmir. They should also say, Baruch HaMadim Kodesh Lehon. And we'll say, that since it's not so hard, it's a big deal. What's a big deal? It's only one line, right? What is it? Baruch HaMadim Kodesh Lehon. Even if you pray Abit and you said Atahonantanu, you should still say Baruch HaMadim Kodesh Lehon on Motzei Shabbat if you'd like to do Melacha before you make the full Havdalah on a cup of wine. Okay? Now, why am I mentioning this to the ladies? Because what if a person doesn't pray Arbit on Motzei Shabbat? How can they do Melacha? You can't just say, oh, it's 72 minutes. You know, a lot of the ladies, Baruch Hashem, that's Tadkaniyot, and then Mahmir, like the opinion of Rabbeinu Tam, to wait 72 minutes after Shekiah to do Melacha. But the problem is, if you're waiting 72 minutes, Shabbat is not over for you until you say, Baruch HaMabdi Mekodesh Lehol. So therefore, the Ramah writes, it's not my words, the Ramah writes, you have to educate the ladies that they should know. It's not enough to just wait the time that Shabbat is over. You actually have to say, Baruch HaMabdi Mekodesh Lehol, whatever time it is. And then the other condition is saying, Baruch HaMabdi Mekodesh Lehol, and they can do a Melacha. Even if you're planning to make Abdallah now, 
and you're lighting the fire for the candle, for the Havdalah, yes, also you have to say Baruch HaMadim Kodesh before you put on the fire for the Havdalah. This is very important. And again, ladies, I've heard the Halakha, and now we also recommend that the men who heard the Halakha should tell their wives, and their wives should tell their friends, I don't know, Facebook or not Facebook, but it is very easy to spread the word. Spread the word, And we see many people who are unaware of this halakha, especially women. Believe me, also a lot of men are unaware of this halakha. They just don't realize that because they prayed in the shul, they said, Tahunatanu, it's fine. But again, this is only for a lady that doesn't pray Arbit Motzei Shabbat. If the lady prays Arbit Motzei Shabbat and she said, Tahunatanu, so technically it works. She already said the Havdalah and it will be fine. That is halakha. Chaf Dalit. Next halacha, Chaf Hei. I'm not going to go inside because it's all seguli. It's all different types of segulot. Benish Hai basically brings over here something that we mentioned in the past. That the Havdalah is set up in the way, if you look at the face of a person, that's the way the Havdalah is set up. Going from the bottom up. Each blessing is more and more spiritual, just like our faces. Our mouth, which is used to drink and to taste, that's why the first blessing of the Havdalah is Hagefen, where we drink the cup of wine. Then next, when you go up higher in your face, you go, you reach your nose. Your nose is used to for the sense of smell. And that's why we say Samim as a second beracha in Havdalah. The third blessing is the blessing of <clears throat> which is used in order to discern. Light gives us the ability to discern between two items, and that's through the eyes, and that's higher. And then finally, the highest part is your brain. The mind tells us, the, uh, basically the mind functions and it works, that allows us to see the difference between two items. So Abin Yishai talks about that over there. He brings other segulot. So we'll just summarize it outside, Bikitsur, and we'll say as following. There's a very good thing to say about Shabbat. Keep in mind, the Jewish people in our religion, especially the Mekubalim, and people who love Segulot in general, take advantage any first. Of any first, you want to take advantage of it. What does that mean, any first, you want to take advantage of it? When the child is born right away, Brit Mila. And if he's the firstborn, it's a it's a Pidyon Habin. When a person gets married right away in the beginning, we have the seven days of Sheva Brachot, where it's all times where we have a mitzvah to be misameyah, the hatan Every beginning, we try to take advantage of it. The same thing is by Motzei Shabbat. Motzei Shabbat is the beginning of the week, and therefore, because it's the beginning of the week, we want to take advantage of the week and to make sure that what, that what we do is um, to take advantage of the week and to make sure that we not celebrate, but we started off in the right way. So there are a lot of things that are brought down a person should say on Motza'e Shabbat, and we'll tell you three of them. I personally make sure I try to put the effort to say them. First one is, some Ashkenazim actually say this in the middle of the, the Tiflah by us. It's These Pesukim are found at the end of the Tiflah Motza'e Shabbat. The Pesukim that begin with Ten Lecha. Basically, these are Pesukim that are taken from Tanakh, Torah, Nevi'im, Ketubim, which are all blessings. So even though you're not supposed to read Mikra at night, Pesukim at night, still, we read them on Motzei Shabbat, the Minhag is to read them, we don't worry about reading them, they're, uh, they're Pesukim, they're verses or blessings, and it's good to read Ve'iten Lecha. The next thing that's brought down, the second thing that's brought down to say, and that's brought down for Segula, is to say the following words, Eliyahu Hanabi Zachur Letob, 130 times. 
And this, if you look at the Benish High here in Halakha Cafe, it brings all different Kabbalah things. And like we mentioned, anything that's Kabbalah, we try not to uh, bring it into our class. It's too too much to explain. And we also, it's beyond my uh, my capability to explain, to understand really. So therefore, Eliyahu Nabi Zakul Letob is good to say 130 times. And right after you finish saying Eliyahu Nabi Zakul Letob 130 times, you go on to the third thing, you should say, Petihat Eliyahu. Petihat Eliyahu is found in the beginning of most Sefaradis Sidurim. It's a piece from the Zohar which explains the different sefirot. And you say up to the power it says, Kum Rabbi Shimon. And you don't have to say that part of Kum Rabbi Shimon. And that's it. This is the Segula in reading on Matzai Shabbat. It's not only for people who love Segulot. This is good for everybody. Now, you want real nice Segulot. Take it from different places. So here we go. People who love Segulot, listen to this. And I'll try to quote a source for everything we say. First of all, we'll give you over here six segulot. Number one is hot water. The Gemara says that Hamin Shabbat Melugma. Hamin hot water. The Pashup shot of Hamin is hot water on Motzei Shabbat is healing. It's supposed to be very, very healing. Okay? What does it mean? Hot water is supposed to be healing. So Rashi brings down to drink and to bathe. Which means, drinking something hot on Motzei Shabbat is a segula for refuah. And taking a hot shower is also a segula for refuah. Kach katuv, that's what's brought down in the Gemara. Segula number two. To jump into a mitzvah right after Shabbat. To begin your week, right when you finish Avdalah, to begin your week right away with the mitzvah. The, the, uh, the Mishabra brings down the Maharil used to fold his talit right after Avdalah. The first thing after he finishes Abdullah, right away he goes and he folds his talit. That's a big discussion. We'll get to it when we get to it. Could you fold clothing on Shabbat and the minhag of some people don't fold their talit? And if even if you fold your talit, don't feel bad. There are, I fold my talit on Shabbat. There's a lot of opinions that are matir to fold your talit on Shabbat. In any case, he would go, a lot of people don't fold their talit on Shabbat, so they just roll it and they put it on the side. So therefore, the Mahari and Motzei Shabbat right away would go to his talit and fold it. Which means you jump into a mitzvah right away. From Shabbat, you jump into a mitzvah right away in the beginning of the week. There are also other segulot for folding the talit davka. But that's segulot for shalom. Buy it. Because if you've ever been to Sfaradi uh, wedding, you've seen, most Sfaradi weddings at least, they take the talit and they put it around the hatan and kalah. Basically, the hatan makes a bracha on it and he wraps himself and the kalah together with, with, the, with the talit. Also, Segula, that the wife should, should be the one who buys the husband her talit when they get married. Because the talit, as we know, is uh, as Mikubalim uh, bring down. That was the clothing that was given to Adam after the sin of Eitzadat, which came as a result of the woman. So there's a lot of connection over here. Motzei Shabbat, to take your talit and to fold it, it's a big Segula for Shalom Bayit. Another good Segula for Shalom Bayit is to actually take Shalom Bayit classes and not just be somech on uh, Segulot and do whatever you want. Number three, Segula number three is uh, my uh, Rosh Hashiva, Rabbi Shor Shlita used to say this all the time, sleeping early. Sleeping early is a segula on Motza'e Shabbat. He quoted it in the name of the Imre Emet. The Imre Emet, I believe he said, I'm going back in memory, I have to check the, I can call him up, I'll have to call him up. But basically, I think it's Imre Emet, pretty sure, 95% sure. The Imre Emet writes a letter to his son and he tells him that the Yesod of Hatzlaha is dependent if a person sleeps early on Motza'e Shabbat. Rabotai, I try to do this as much as possible on every Motza'e Shabbat. There's a huge Yetzirah 
No matter who you are, even if you're married with kids and you're not going out anywhere, you're staying in the house, there's a huge yetzara to try to get you to sleep late. And I'm sure you, you know what I'm talking about if you hear this. The reason for that probably is because there's such a hatzlaha, a person, and I've seen it many times when I do go to sleep early, not on my regular, earlier than usual, then then the rest of the week is unbelievable. Practically, it makes a lot of sense. You go to sleep early in Motzei Shabbat, then you wake up fresh Sunday morning, you start your, your week fresh in the beginning, you can wake up on time, you can go pray, you can go learn on time, you have enough time to do what you have to do. It's great. But even more than that, it seems to be something seguli. If a person sleeps early in Motzei Shabbat, it's a big secret, and it really is. It's one of the big secrets of Motzei Shabbat. To sleep early, you'll find success in, throughout the whole week. Okay? You'll do it, and you come back, and you'll let me know uh, your research upon doing it. Another segula number four is drawing water. Let me tell you first of all what the Kolbo brings down. The Kolbo brings down that the from the Midrash that the Be'er Shel Miriam, now the one that traveled the Jewish people throughout the desert, that we Hazal tell us in the Gemara second Shabbat, it's now in Teveria. But in Motzei Shabbat, it goes through all the waters of the world. Be'er Miriam spreads throughout the, all the waters of the world. And a person doesn't have to be in Israel. It can be anywhere in the world. If he draws water, if he collects water on Motzei Shabbat, then there's a chance that maybe the water that he collected will be from the Be'er Shemriyan. And the Koba brings a story, an amazing story. The story is as follows. What happened is there was once a woman, Motzei Shabbat, she went in order to get water for the house. And she took too long. I don't know, maybe she saw a friend, whatever it was. He, she came back home, and her husband was this angry man, and he was going crazy. He was yelling and yelling from the fear of his wife, that his wife had from him yelling at her. She dropped the bucket that she had with the water inside of it, and this bucket smashed, and all the water started splashing everywhere. And the water also hit him. Now, this person had salat. He had a skin disease. And when the water drops hit his skin... All of a sudden, those parts where the water hit, it was healed on the spot. And he realized that because of his anger, he ruined it for himself. He could have used that water to heal himself completely, but because of his anger, he ended up messing it, uh, messing himself over. So therefore, there's a sigula in Motzei Shabbat to get water, fresh water, not the water that you have bottled or already in the fridge. And this, by the way, could also work with the water from the sink. I saw the brought down. You can even open up your sink water, even though technically it's coming from a place that's being stored. So I don't know, keep the water open for a few minutes. And that water also, hopefully, will have some of the water of the Be'er Miriam. If you're lucky, you got it. And it's, of course, has all the segulot. Besides the physical, besides the physical benefits of Be'er Shemriyam, there are spiritual benefits. Rabhaim Vital was only able to write and record all the teachings of his rabbi, the Arizal, after the Arizal showed him Be'er Shemriyam and he gave him to drink from it. That's Segulah number four. Segulah number five, brought down from Seder Hayom, is to learn immediately right after Havdalah. And that's why many people have a minhag of saying, Ve'iten lecha, especially they say with a group of people. Ve'iten lecha contains Pesukim inside, and you're learning right after Motzei Shabbat. That's a very good Segulah. And if a person can learn also some Gemara, Mishnayot, that's unbelievable. That's why in the winter, it's great when a person begins his week right away with classes. A lot of people, a lot of shoes have Motzei Shabbat programs in the winter, and you see... Somehow the weeks in the winter, the Hatzlaha, our learning in the winter is much uh, better than it is in the, in the summer, perhaps because of this reason. The last segula that we'll mention is to mention stories of tzaddikim. A lot of the Hasidim say, segula for Parnasa, if you mention any story about the Baal Shem Tov. 
Yeah, okay, that's also brought down as a segula. Because why? It's taken from the fact that we say Eliyahu Nabi Motzei Shabbat, and he's a tzaddik. So therefore, the idea of beginning a week, even mentioning any tzaddik, it's also a big segula on Motzei Shabbat. These are the segula for Motzei Shabbat. We have two more halachot, which we'll say outside. The halachot are, number one, and that is halacha chavav, Ben Ishai says, the mitzvah of Melaveh Malka. What is Melaveh Malka? It's too long to read it inside. Melaveh Malka basically is the last meal of Shabbat. Even though you're not eating on Shabbat, it's the fourth meal that you're eating Motzei Shabbat. It's a very, very hashubi mitzvah. Why? We're going to have also in it. There's a bone in a person's body which will never decay. That's like the black box in the airplanes. You know, black box. They, it, nothing can happen. Nothing can destroy it. Likewise, in the human body, even though the skin and the flesh rots, and after a while, even the bone also decays, Hazal tell us that there's one bone, it's right over here in the top part of the skull, according to some, because it says it's the end of the spine. So it could be the top end of the spine or the bottom end of the spine, but most explain, it's in the top end of the spine. There's different names for it. Some say it's called the skoi, some say it's called lose. In any case, that bone will never rot. That bone is the one which Hashem will use to bring a person back from death to intihiyat amitim. Intihiyat says, how is Hashem going to bring us back? We're not here, we're not existent. So Gemara says, there's a small little bone that's called the lose, and from that bone Hashem will resurrect the dead from it. The Sfarim bring down that this bone is only fed, or it can only get its nutrition from the food that you eat on Motzei Shabbat. And that's why the Saudade having Motzei Shabbat, especially if you can have it with bread, Lechatala is supposed to have Salat Malavim al with bread, Lechatala, if you can handle it. Of course, it should be Akhla Gasa. Only if you can't handle it, you can't eat bread, then you could be lenient and have other foods, preferably Mezanot. And if not Mezanot, at least try to have some fruits that you didn't have over Shabbat, that or something that you don't normally have on every single day, something in honor of Motzei Shabbat. This is also called the Saudade of David HaMelech. In any case, that bone could only get its nutrition on Motzei Shabbat. And the Sfarim explained, this is why this bone doesn't rot. When did Adam HaRishon sin? Adam HaRishon, the Hazal tells us he was born on Friday, and he sinned on Friday as well. That's when he ate from Eitzadat. And Hashem tells us, in the moment you eat from this tree, you will be basically motamut, you'll die. And therefore, the Eitzadat brought death. And since the whole body was neheneh, benefited and got its nutrition from this ayat sadat so therefore it, be, it went into the genes of adam and all his descendants that now after death a person's body will rot but remember the lose that little bone that we have doesn't doesn't feed doesn't get its nutrition from any food throughout the week except for Motzei shabbat so it never had any benefit from ayat sadat and therefore this bone itself will never decay and that's the bone of the lose and that's why you got to Make sure you eat Motzei Shabbat to feed that bone to give it its nutrition with the resurrection of the of the dead ourselves. Now there's other segulot of Malavim Malka. A lot of segulot. Malavim Malka basically you're escorting the queen out. What that means is that you had a special guest over you and they're about to leave. You don't want to just say bye and goodbye and you know throw them out. You want to leave from a Sauda, give them something to eat on their way out, but sit down a little bit if you can eat on their way out. So that's the kavod of it. Some people, there's also segulot on Motzei Shabbat to light candles in honor of, of David Melech. Seven candles, some people light. 
whatever the case may be, Melaveh Malka itself also has another benefit that a lot of ladies would like. Noam Elimelech brings down that it helps in childbirth. Segula of Melaveh Malka, of eating Melaveh Malka, eases the pain on childbirth. And the logic makes a lot of sense. Remember, the reason why the, body, the, 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 the women suffer in childbirth is because of the sin of Aitzadat. And the sin of Aitzadat was able to affect every single part of the body, except for the bone of the loose. Because that only eats, that only nourishes, of course, in the spiritual sense, on Motzei Shabbat. So therefore, when ladies are careful to have Motzei Shabbat, the Sa'udah, they will help in the pain that has been brought on into the world from their first lady, from Hava, throughout their childbirth. We should be Zohe again to the resurrection of the dead. And Baruch Hashem, we finished. We finished the laws of Motzei Shabbat and the laws of Havdalah. And now, Merzat Hashem, even though uh, we finished Halachot and we're done, we're going to jump and we're going to go to the Halachot of Selichot. Before we begin Halachot of Selichot, let's just give as a little introduction a little bit of the holidays. From now, Merzat Hashem, from now until probably Rosh Chodesh Hajvan, we'll begin our series on the holidays. We have some recorded shiori from last year, and I highly recommend those who want to see the halachot, I went through the Ben Ishai and brought all the halachot, you should go to jrootradio.com and you'll see the halachot over there, you'll go to under the halacha hour and you'll see all the classes from there from last year, they're named and they're dated, so even if you can't tell by the name, you can tell by the date from last year when the holidays were, and you can see many of the halachot. This year, Razat Hashem, what we'll do is, instead of reading the halachot inside, because we didn't completely, completely finish all the halachot, we still have some other halachot in the Benish to go through. So, Barzat Hashem, we will summarize the halachot that we said out last year. It took us a few weeks. And we'll summarize them. And we'll also bring also other things that we didn't cover last year as well. Let's begin, first of all, the halachot now of Selichot. As we know, today is Rosh Chodesh Elul. And t- tomorrow morning already is the first day of Selichot for the Sfaradim. So, therefore, before we come to the laws of Selichot, let's just give you an idea of what's going on. It's Elul already. And you should know how to mark your calendar because the holidays are fast approaching us. Let's begin with a few dates for this year. Tafshin Ayn, this year coming out, that is Tafshin Ayn He, which is going to be a year of Shemitah. It's a year also of the holidays of the year 2014. The first day of Selichot for the Sfaradim is tomorrow on Thursday, August 28th. The first day of Selichot for the Ashkenazim is going to be on Sunday, September 21st, the week of Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah itself will be on Wednesday night, Wednesday night, um, September 24th. And of course, it goes for two days. That's on Thursday and Friday. And Rosh Hashanah will conclude in Shabbat. Yes, this year, again, we will have, like last year, the same exact calendar. The holidays will be Wednesday night, Thursday, Friday, and going into Shabbat. That's a triple hitter over here. Tzom Gedaliah, therefore, will be on Sunday, September 28th. Yom Kippur will be on Shabbat, October 4th. Sukkot will begin, night of Sukkot will be on a Wednesday night, October 8th, and will run all the way until the next week, Wednesday, which is the seventh day of of the uh, of uh, what's it called? Of Shemini uh, of uh, the Hadith Sukkot, which will be Hoshana Rabbah. 
Shmini Atzeret is going to be on Wednesday night, October 15th. And finally, the last thing is Rosh Chodesh Hashvan. Rosh Chodesh Hashvan will be on Shabbat, October 25th. Those are the days of the holidays for the year. Tavshin Ainhe, or in the English, 2014. Let's get to some of the halachot in the last 15 minutes that we have. Still want to tell you the numbers again to the station if you'd like to call in, if you have any questions. If you'd like to text in your questions, the numbers are as follows. 718-683-5858 is the number to call in with any question. To call off the air, just wait another 15 minutes. To text in your question, you can text it in at 347-927-8398. Again, 347-927-8398. Let's get to the halakhot of Salihot. We begin, first of all, with the minhag of the Sfaradim. We begin Salihot from tomorrow already. Why from tomorrow? What's the reason behind it? Hazal tell us that Moshe Rabbeinu, after the sin of, of, uh, of B'nai Sa'id, sinning in the Hat Aigil, he went up to Shamaim and he begged Hashem to forgive the Jewish people. After going up the f- second time, which is the first time to request from Hashem that he should forgive the Jewish people, Hashem didn't give a complete forgiveness. Moshe was told again to come up to Shamaim on Rosh Chodesh Elul, and this time Hashem told him to make the Luhot. And finally, after 40 days again, for the third time, Moshe being in the mountain with Hashem for 40 days and 40 nights, Hashem tells him on, Rosh Hode, on Yom Kippur, which is the 10th of Tishrei, I forgive. So therefore, these days are known as the Yemeya Rahmim Vasilihot, special days, like it says in Hazal, and the Tzfarim bring down, When Moshe prayed to Hashem, that he should try to get into Eretz Israel, specifically in the days of Elul, Moshe tried to pray, in order to get into Eretz Israel. And therefore, we also begin Selichot in these days, because these are special days. We want to take advantage of the time that Hashem is going to write for us a new year. It should be a year of blessings. It should be a year of Artiflo being answered, a year of protection, a year of Shalom, and all the good things that we want. We want to, We don't want to come just on Rosh Hashanah. We want to take advantage of the time right now of Elul. And therefore we start our Selichot, which are basically additional tefillot. The Ashkenazim have a different minhag. Ashkenazim don't begin their Selichot until the Sunday, the first Sunday before Rosh Hashanah. Whenever Rosh Hashanah falls out, they'll begin the Sunday beforehand. However, that's only on a condition. That's only on a condition that the Selichot that you have at least four days between of Selichot before Rosh Hashanah. Why is that? How come is that? What does that mean? First of all, it means as well, let's say Monday is going to be the first day of, of Rosh Hashanah. Then Ashkenazi can, will not begin the Sunday beforehand. They'll begin the Sunday, the previous Sunday. They always begin on a Sunday or Motzei Shabbat. The idea is the same thing as Sunday. They'll always begin on a Sunday, but they will only do it if they have at least four days of Selichot before approaching Rosh Hashanah. The reason for that the Mishnah brings down from the Sfarim is that the Ashkenazim, a lot of people have a minhag of fasting 10 days between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. But you can't have 10 days because Rosh Hashanah is two days. Plus you have also Shabbat. Plus you have Yom Kippur itself. So therefore you're never going to have really 10 full days of fasting. So therefore they fast whatever they can, six, seven days, whatever they can. And then, when do they make up the days of fasting? They make it up before Rosh Hashanah. And when is that? So they want to do it together with Selichot. 
And that's why you should have at least a minimum of four days of Salihur beforehand. Therefore, if Rosh Hashanah would fall out on a Monday, since you can have four days of Salihur, they'll start the Sunday beforehand. So this way, they'll have more than four days, but at least they'll have at least they have extra days of Salihut, at least four days. Those are the two minhagim and the reasons for each minhag. Now, there's an important rule when it comes to this. I mentioned very clearly, on purpose, the word minhag. Minhag means it's a custom. It's not an obligation. What does that mean? I don't have to do it? No, you have to put as much effort as you can. But there's a rule. The rule is, whenever there's something that's customary, that's preferable, that's nicer, what's extra basically, you, you, if you want to do the extra thing, you always have to be careful that the extra thing that you're doing does not override the basic need, the basics that you have to do. Meaning, salihot is extra. To wake up earlier, about 45 minutes, an hour earlier before shahrit, to go to salihot, that's extra. You want to do that? That's great. That's fantastic. You're probably going to have a much better year than the other guy who's sleeping. But if your extra hour of or waking up, your waking up of extra hour is going to cause other problems, that means it's going to make you neglect your regular obligations, then better not to do the extra and do your regular obligations. Let's give a few examples. We'll give you three examples. Let's say you're going to sleep. And now you're used to waking up at 7 o'clock and you get to shul of that 7.30. But now they're starting in your shul, 6.30 salihot. So if you want to make it to salihot, you have to wake up at 6 o'clock. So basically you're losing an hour of sleep. And as a result of losing an hour of your, uh, hour of your sleep, you come to work, you're not a boss, you're an employee to somebody else, you're working with somebody else who's paying you by the hour, you end up dozing off. You're sleeping on the job, you're stealing from your work. Stealing, you're stealing from your boss. Stealing from your boss is in the Sude Oraita. And I'll tell you, just, you know, my master Shamaim, just on, what are we, Wednesday? Monday, two nights ago, somebody was telling me that he walked into his uh, employee in his office and he saw his employee sleeping. He said, I got so upset. What am I paying you for? That you should sleep? Uh, it's not my fault that you're tired. I'm paying you per hour. I don't want you to sleep. If you have nothing to do, you go find something to do. I don't want you to sleep. Yes, people are makpid. People who are paying you your salary are makpid if you go to sleep on the time that they expect something else from you. So therefore, if because you're going to salihot, it's going to make you, quote unquote, not quote unquote, steal from your boss, steal from the time that he's paying you, then you know what? It's better not to go to salihot. Another example. If a person has his daily learning, he has an hour to learn before shahrit, but he can't wake up earlier than that. That's it. He already is pushing himself to wake up early in order that he should go to class. But now Salihot is around, and the shul, which not everybody is learning, but he is one of the people who learns. But the shul is starting that hour that he usually learns, is starting Salihot. So either he can learn at that time, or he could go to Salihot at that time. Well, don't your learning is an obligation every single day. You have an obligation, men have an obligation to learn Torah every day. And if you are going to end up losing or missing out on your learning because going to Silhaut, then it's better not to go to Silhaut and to learn Torah instead of going to Silhaut. Hachamadiyah says the same thing also applies when it comes to a person in Kolel. If going, wake up early in Kolel, you're a person who's squeezed on time and now you're going to have to wake up earlier. And because of that, you're not going to be able to learn as well in Kolel. 
So also, you, you don't have to go to Salihot every time. A lot of people get upset. Oh, look at these guys. They learn Kolel, and they're not going to Salihot. Hey, buddy, be careful. Those people who are learning Kolel, they work very, very hard. They're already squeezing themselves out of their time the whole year to add an additional hour, which is going to make them tired and Kolel and have to put their head down and miss out on their regular learning. No, they don't have to go to Salihot if it's gonna end, they're going to end up missing out on their learning. These are not my words. These are the words of Hakam Abadiyah. The last thing is, I'll give you an example where you should be careful that it shouldn't override the basic things. And that is skipping korbanot. A lot of times, okay, let's not go a lot of times. Most of, unfortunately, most people don't say korbanot throughout the year. How come they don't say korbanot? I don't know. The post scheme already from, I don't know, 300 years ago, the, the Sfarim are full of trying to explain how come people are skipping out korbanot. Korbanot an obligation. So throughout the year, when you don't say korbanot, how come? You know why you don't say korbanot? Because you're running late and you want to catch up to Amidah. Okay, I understand that. You want to catch up to Amidah. Amidah is more important than korbanot. Fine. You should say korbanot afterwards, but if you don't say them, okay, you know what? We'll let it ride. But now that you wake up early anyway to Selihot, and you're ending up skipping on korbanot, you finish Selihot, now you have no excuse to skip korbanot. Don't, don't tell me that my shul starts right away. They start uh, hodu right after selihot, and therefore I don't have a chance to say korbanot. So then you skip out on the selihot, and you say the korbanot. Don't skip out on the korbanot, which you have an obligation for, if you don't say them throughout the year. But now that you wake up earlier, it's better to say korbanot than to say the selihot. Those are three examples where a person should be careful to follow the rule, the hazal talas, always to Make sure you always do with the ikar and then to be more safe, what's extra, to add on what's extra. Now you can tell me, what does that mean? I shouldn't go to, I shouldn't wake up to Selihot because I'm going to get tired, I'm going to skip on my learning, I'm going to skip out on Korbanot. No, you know what the answer is? The answer is skip out on your gym, skip out on your basketball night, skip out on your entertainment that you're doing at night, sleep a little earlier. Who told you to go sleep at a regular time? Rabbi Shoy is a Talasan Yeshiva. This segula, there's a segula to waking up earlier. You know what that is? That's sleeping early. If you go to sleep early, you wake up earlier. That's it. It's as simple as that. Don't skip out on your obligations spiritually. Skip out on the other things, the other entertainment, the time that you need to relax or whatever it is. Skip on those and in order to make it to Selihot. But again, Selihot is very, very important. Another halakha when it comes to Selihot, the best time to say Selihot is. This is the A++ Hatzot Layla, midnight. In Israel, it's very, very common. Here, it's not so common. You find a few places, isolated places that they say the Hatzot. If you could do it, why not? Fantastic. That's really the best time. The second best time to say Salihot, which will be again A+, is anytime after Hatzot, but as close as possible to midnight. Meaning, meaning, let's say you have a chance to say Salihot either in a 5 a.m. minyan, or at 6 a.m. minyan, it's better to do it at 5 a.m. The closer you are to Hatzot, the better it is. The latest time, though, to say it, Selihot, the last time, last time, is after sunset. The halakha tells us, Mikubalim, bring down, and that's halakha. The person is not allowed to say the Yud Gimel Midot, which is basically the main part of the Selihot. You can't say it after sunset. You really have, technically, 13 and a half minutes after sunset, you can't say any more Vayabur. So therefore, even if you want to say Selihot, you want to say it in the afternoon. If you're pressured on time, okay, fine. Why not? You say it in the afternoon. 
don't say that you give them midot after sunset. Some minyanim, I know they want to do for Baalei Tshuva, so they want to make minyanim for Salihot before Hatzot. Even though there is a most fine scene who's matilit, Kamadiyah says you shouldn't do it, Mikubalim speak very harshly, don't say Vayabor and you'd give them midot before Hatzot Layla. Another few halakhot just before we run out of time. Some halakhot of the Yud Gimel Midot. First of all, the Yud Gimel Midot can only be said when you have 10 men. You have to have a minyan. This is considered the Bashi Begdusha. You can't say it Bayahid. If you are praying Bayahid, then you read this halakhot, you just skip that part, which is the Yud Gimel Midot, and anything that's an Aramaic. And what's considered saying it with a minyan? If you're late, and you see the minyan saying, Vayabor, you try to say with them. If you're saying something else, as long as you caught up to them while they're still in the middle of the Yud Gimel Midot, even if they're up to the last word, they're up to Venake, and you started the Yud Gimel Midot, then it's considered that you said it be minyan. Even if you finish after them, as long as you started with the minyan that's saying any part of the Yud Gimel Midot, it's considered that you said it be minyan. Next, we have a question what to do? If the minyan is late. If a person is praying in the minyan and the minyan is late, there's no minyan yet. Should they wait? I'm assuming, right? Should they wait till everybody comes? But this way, if they wait till everybody comes, shahrit has to start in a certain time and they're going to have to skip out on parts of the salihot. Or should they jump to the parts of the salihot that don't need a minyan and then when the minyan comes, they should come back? And the answer is the second option, like we just said. If you're in a minyan and you're waiting for a minyan, shahrit has to start at a certain time and you can't wait, and you're waiting for a minyan to come, then skip to the parts like anenu and okenu shebashamayim, all these things that you don't need a minyan for, say them together with the five, six people that you have, and finally, when you have a minyan, go back to the parts of Sahoda that you skipped, which basically starts from ashray, start, say, not ashray, excuse me, from Kaddish, say Kaddish, of course, say Yehishem, say three Pesukim, Kaddish, Say all the things in the beginning of the Sihah which you need a minyan for, and then continue whatever Sihah that you missed out. This way, you don't skip out on any of the Sihah, and you said it all with the minyan. And like we said by Havdalah, we're going to give you some good recommended things to do in Elul. Number one is to increase in the following three areas. In your Torah, try to find more time to learn, more time to say Tehillim for the ladies. And increase also in tzedakah to give a little bit more charity than you, you used to. And if you don't usually give charity, make sure you give. It's a very important time right now before Yom Haddin. Also in tefillah, which happens through selihot. Also what's brought down as a good segulah, or not segulah, but the good thing recommended in the days of Elul is to check yourself. Check your, the mizvot you did last year. Check your character traits. Check areas that you need to fix in order to prepare yourself for the new year. And finally, it's brought down very good as a ma'aseh, as a, as a minhag hasidim, not just hasidim, I'm talking about, means to say, righteous, more good, you know, everybody should try to check their tefillin and mezuzot. And I have plenty of stories to tell you, If uh, I'll tell you just a few, about checking tefillin mezuzot. Even if you got your tefillin mezuzot checked, you should know it's not 100%. I, somebody came to me, he was under 20 years old, he was like maybe 19, 20 years old, and he heard me speak about how important it is to check your tefillin. He says, you know, I bought my tefillin. They're very mehudar. And Halakha says that if you wear your tefillin on a daily basis, you don't need to check it. I said, still, maybe you should go check it out if you don't know 100%. He listened to me. He went and he checked it out. He came back. He told me that his tefillin were, were pasul. I said, I want to see it. You know why his tefillin was pasul? There was a whole word missing. 
Now, what's crazy is that this person got his tefillin originally bought from a person who was very reliable. And that person who was reliable even checked it with the computer, but there's, they somehow missed on the whole word. And I saw the tefillin. The writing is beautiful. The only thing is the guy didn't write a full word in it. And he was wearing Pasu Tefillin his whole life because this is his Bar Mitzvah Tefillin. And a similar case when a man t- came to me and he was close to 30 and he checked, he wanted to check his Tefillin. And again, there was a whole word missing in his Tefillin and it was Pasul. And he told me, I can't believe it. Since I was 13 years old, this is my Bar Mitzvah Tefillin. I've been putting on Pasu Tefillin my whole life. So besides that, he's like, I never did Mitzvah Tefillin. I said, no, you never did Mitzvah Tefillin Shaliyat. That's where he found the mistake. And you also said a bracha lebatala every single day. That's very severe. That's for tefillin. Therefore, it's very recommended you should check your tefillin this time. Another thing to check your mezuzot. I'll tell you a story that happened with me. A few years ago, about five years ago, I went and I bought for my whole house top of the line mezuzot. And at the time, my wife and the kids were away. They were visiting my in-laws in Turkey. And I was the only one in the house. And nobody to disturb me. And nobody, no distractions. I went, I took the, the, the mezuzot, I got them checked again, and they, were, they all said, gorgeous, beautiful mezuzot. So I went, and I personally put the mezuzot up myself. And I remember that night, I remember preparing the mezuzot, and it was uh, very, I felt very, very high, and I put all the mezuzot up. Recently, we've been learning Halchot Mezuzot in the Kolel, and I said, you know, let me go check my mezuzot again. Finally, I got to it. I took off one mezuzot at a time, and I was checking it. Remember, I put up my own mezuzot. I was shocked, and I picked up the mezuzah on the front door of my house, and the mezuzah was upside down. I put it up. I was so careful. But like I, said, I didn't find this problem with any other mezuzah, but I was so careful with my mezuzot, but I made a mistake. As careful as you can be, mistakes happen. I'm not blaming this sofer who missed the word. I'm not blaming this one. You know, mistakes happen. You can be as careful as you can. I'm not a sofer who's running around every single day make, putting up mezuzot, so I'm making a mistake here and there. It's my only time that I put up mezuzot for myself and my house. And I still mess up on the main one on the front door of my house. So therefore, check your mezuzot about that. Check your tefillin. This is recommended anyway in the days of Elul. Even if you got them checked in the past, just double check to make sure that everything is okay. Everything is good. Amazat Hashem should be zocheh to a year full of berachot. And Hashem should be malekom mishalot lebenu otbala bato. Rosh Chodesh Tov. Thank you to JRoot Radio. Don't forget to call in or to text regarding advertisement. And Mazat Hashem will meet again next week here on Wednesday afternoon for the Halakha hour at 2 o'clock in the afternoon with the laws of Rosh Hashanah and the rest of the holidays. Chodesh Tov Umborach.